Your brain needs support, and new Ollie Brainy Chews are a delightful way to take care of your cognitive health. Made with scientifically backed ingredients like Thai ginger, L theanine, and caffeine, Brainy Chews support healthy brain function and help you find your focus, stay chill, or get energized. Be kind to your mind and get these nootropic chews at ollie.com. That's O-L-L-Y.com. These statements have not been evaluated by the Food and Drug Administration. This product is not intended to diagnose, treat, cure, or prevent any disease. Welcome to Charged Up Studio Live, where small business owners get charged up for success. Are you a small business owner? Do you find yourself struggling through the many responsibilities that come with the title entrepreneur? Well, we're here for you. Charged Up Studio is hosted by Market Academy LLC, your prescription for what we call OPA. What is OPA? It's when you become so overwhelmed with the confusion that comes with business ownership that you become paralyzed and ultimately avoid doing anything in hopes it will take care of itself or you put it off till later. Does that sound familiar? I'm your host, Dan Olivo, and each week we bring a business professional eager to charge you up as they talk about the many things that keep you from moving forward with your small business. So are you ready to get charged up for success? Let's hit it. Well, good morning, Charged Up Studio listeners, and welcome back to another episode where small business owners get charged up for success. Today's special guest understands firsthand what is involved in starting a business from scratch and the struggles that come with it. He began his career on a completely different pathway as an American football linebacker drafted by the Green Bay Packers and subsequently signing with the 49ers, Chargers, Cardinal Browns, and Redskins before his football career ended in 2013. Wow, you'd think that with that kind of success early on, starting out in a business world would come easy, wouldn't you? But what you will find out during our conversation today is that nothing is easy when it comes to launching and growing a business especially nowadays when we are so engrossed in artificial intelligence, technology, and everything else designed to streamline the processes. So let's all give a charged up studio welcome to Mr. Rick Elmore with Simply Noted. Welcome, Rick. Thanks for having me. It's great to be here. I'm excited to finally get you here. So it's going to be nice. So before we get started, um, I always start my podcast with a, uh, with with one question of all my guests. So are you ready? I'm, I'm, I'm excited. I'm ready. <laughs> <laughs> if you could go back, especially with your background, if you could go back in time and give your young self some solid advice, what advice would you give him and at what age? Wow. Um, I, mean, that's, I mean, that's a loaded question. There's a lot of things I'd probably do differently. Um, being a, you know, I'm 35, just turned 35. I've had kids recently. Um, I think I look at life a little bit differently now, but, uh, if I can go back to like when I first started playing sports, I think I would have spent a lot more time on, uh, relationships and people versus being so driven, um, for my own like personal goals. And I was just so focused on working out and competing and like the goals that, uh, 
I think I missed out on a lot of, you know, good special times and relationships and those relationships, you know, tend to be very valuable in the long run. So I think I would spend more time, you know, building stronger relationships with the people um, that I could have. That's, 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 a, that's a good takeaway. <laughs> that's a very good takeaway, you know, and as we delve into your, your career moving into the entrepreneurial world, we'll be able to expand a little bit upon that mm -hmm. some more. Okay. So oh, let's great. just jump right in. Um, uh, you've had a very promising sports career as we indicated, but we all know that there is a finite number of years you can continue playing football. Why did you decide to go into business instead of coaching or something related to the sports industry? Yeah, that's, man, you, you bring some good questions here that people usually don't ask. Um, uh, you know, sports was a big part of my background. It was my vehicle um, to take me somewhere in life. You know, I come from a lower, like middle class family. It's first person to go to college, you know, first person to play professional sports, do those types of things. But um, I've always kind of felt like I wanted to do something big for my family, be that person who changed the direction of, you know, the Elmores for from now going forward. And when I got done playing with uh, playing football, I never wanted to be known as the guy who played football, you know, or the guy who, you know, peaked when he was 23, 24, 25 years old. You know, a lot of these people peak at 40, 50 or even 60 in their careers. And I just knew I had so much still left to learn so much left to grow and become better and I just wanted to do something else so um, when I got done with football I, I knew I did not want to coach I knew I wanted to get in a business um, my, my parents were small business owners which gave them the flexibility to be very hands-on um, with us they were at all our practices all our games never missed anything and I really loved that and uh, when me and my wife, you know, we've been together for 17 years. When we started having kids, that became so obviously apparent that I wanted to be around for my children. And with my success in my corporate career, and we can kind of dive into that, I saw where the success in the corporate America was going. You know, all my managers were, you know, divorced, never saw their kids, traveled all the time, were never home. And I never wanted to be that. So um, starting a business and becoming an entrepreneur was like literally <laughs> the path for me incredibly challenging incredibly hard um, I feel like I've packed 40 years of a career into the last five years of growing this you know robotic machine learning you know AI business um, but yeah it's been a wild ride and I'm glad I'm taking this uh, journey for sure that's great you know it's always a learning experience when you think about it you know there's there's always uh, a great deal of learning when you jump into something that is outside of your comfort zone, you know, mm -hmm. and before we jump into what your business is, I have one more question uh, for you as far as the mindset, the strategic mindset, the difference between strategic mindset in business and what you had working in sports. Where do you see they cross over and where do you see that they're different? Um, this is actually hopefully someday I'm, I'm extremely passionate about life after sport and helping athletes transition from being an athlete to, you know, being successful with life after sport, because everything you do as an athlete, the skills you, you know, develop through the hard work, discipline, competition, dealing with failure, um, you know, studying, working out, you know, dedication, perseverance, all those things that you get ingrained you know, when I started playing sports, when I was like six, seven, eight years old. I had, you know, 15, almost 20 years of developing those skills that were going to make me successful with life after sport. 
Um, I think, you know, that is what's led the foundation to my success, you know, now going to my mid thirties and building a business and my corporate career. So, um, but I think it's a little bit different, you know, sports, I, you know, I used to get paid to hit people and tackle <laughs> people and be aggressive and angry and mad. And I could use that as like fuel. And the big difference here in the business world, you have to use your mind a lot more than your body. And um, as athletes, your body is your tool to success. And um, in business, you have to be great at, you know, working with people, managing people, leading people, you know, dealing with failure, responsibility. Um, I mean, I mean, every entrepreneur knows I'm preaching to the choir. I mean, there's just so many emotions you have to learn to deal with. But if you can't master your emotions, you're going to fail as an entrepreneur because it's it's not even I, would, I don't even call it a, a roller coaster. I feel like it's a rocket ship up and then a, you know, a free fall down sometimes of, of emotions because it's just, I mean, so exciting and then so terrifying at the same time. So there's a lot of things that, you know, being an athlete helped me, you know, be successful, but there's definitely a, you know, there's a lot of things, again, the personal growth, you, know, you grow through what you go through and um, being a business owner and an entrepreneur, you know, continues to teach me. Yeah. And that's exactly it. So speaking of relationships, we were talking about it earlier. Let's talk a little bit about your business and give our audience a brief description of what the business is and your value proposition. Well, essentially, um, we simply noted this, we're a handwritten notes platform and we help our clients engage their clients in a more personal way through automatically sending genuine personalized handwritten notes for any reason. Um, our goal is to help you know our clients build better relationships without even thinking about it. Um, so if you have a new client, you automatically send a thank you card. The anniversary um, of that client, they automatically get a handwritten thank you card in your handwriting. And these aren't printed. Um, this is like the cool thing about our company. We've built handwriting robots that learn your handwriting and write them in your handwriting and send them to your clients. So we're building a platform that helps our clients make sending a handwritten note as easy and as automatable as an email. No, and that's that's definitely, I mean, there are other um, companies out there that are talking about the notes and sending here, you know, uh, send it, send out cards and stuff like that. But when I watched your video and everything and we were talking about it, you know, and like you said, handwriting robotics. And this month we are focusing primarily on exploring frontiers of artificial intelligence. And that's, and, and what you're bringing to the table here is one of those first introductions that small mm -hmm. businesses can actually get in, um, involved with, you know, um, as far as that's concerned. So let's talk a little bit more about how do you meet the demand when we're talking about um, a, a high volume, uh, you know, card business, hand, especially if you're gonna handwriting with robotics. You know, where do you see you're at right now and what's going to be involved in order to meet that demand as you grow? Well, I mean, you know, that old saying ignorance is bliss. Um, I, I, if I think I knew six years ago when I started this business, how much it was going to take, I probably would have did something different. Um, everything that I, I or we are doing over here, I, we have no, no experience in doing. We've had to learn by just forcing ourselves to having to figure out. Uh, my background is in sales, marketing, and athletics, and I've started a robotics, software, and industrial automation company. Um, I'm working with and managing and leading <laughs> uh, software developers, electrical engineers, um, uh, software engineers, mechanical engineers, 
web designers. I mean, all these people I, I've never, I, I never thought I'd, I would have to work with, but it's definitely forced me to get outside my comfort zone. And um, yeah, I mean, it's, it's an incredibly challenging business to build. Um, it's incredibly capital extensively, you know, expensive. Um, we've invested more than a million dollars um, into our handwriting robots alone. That's not mailing equipment. That's not warehouse space. That's not payroll. That's not marketing, SEO, PR, any of that stuff. Um, yeah, so it's been an incredible journey. But I think sometimes, um, like I said earlier, you grow through what you go through. And I'm glad I've gone down this journey because I, what I said, I mean, when we first started talking, I've gotten 40 years of an experience in a career in the last five years. Um, I mean, this technology we built has six pending patents. I never thought I was going to build a patent. Like I never thought I was going to do that. Um, you know, we have 400 plus thousand users on our platform every single month. If you would have told me I was going to build a website, I mean, I'm doing all the, 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 the coding for the, like the back end of the website, not a lot of the deep code, but just like the normal code. Um, you know, you're going to tell me I was going to build a website with 400,000 users say, you know, seven coding. years ago. And yeah. Well, I, yeah. So, I mean, I'm self-taught, you know, I'm using Coursera to learn a bunch of this stuff. Um, wow. I don't do any like the deep technical stuff, but just like the basic like HTML and like CSS, that type of stuff, I'm not like jumping into anything like deep, but um, yeah. yeah, I mean, it's been an incredible journey. And I think a lot of people, um, if you can jump into something that you're not sure what you're doing, if you can force yourself to have to learn, it's going to make you that much better because once you start learning it, you're going to learn how to ask ask better questions and find better people to help you solve bigger problems. So, but you can't be completely ignorant to your problem. If you just try to throw money at your problems, you're, you're going to fail. Right. Um, right. Like, if, right. like if you just literally just, I mean, it hurts. Like I'm telling you, I, like I would say seven out of seven days of the week, like I feel like my brain's going to explode because I'm literally just entrenching myself in problems. But once I get enough understanding of it, I learn how to solve it um, yeah. because I know what the problem is now. Yeah. And, and I'm glad you say that because this, this, this is my philosophy with all my clients is the fact that, you know, you, first of all, you can't operate in a vacuum. You have to have a, a, a solid team around you, you know, helping mm -hmm. you and things like that. They can be 1099s. They can be employees. They can be, you know, as a small business owner, we make strategic decisions about that. But the fact of the matter is, if you're going to hire an accountant, you still need to understand a profit and loss statement. You still need to understand what, you know, what, what a balance sheet is, you know, and it's the same thing like with you. I, I'm, I'm a database architect. I know how databases work. I know mm -hmm. about the, you know, the, the tables and everything behind it. I know the, the functionality of it to program it. I can't, but if there's yeah. a problem with a database, I can tell you where it is, where it's, where it's at. So you need to understand without just turning it over um, yeah. you know, as far as have some kind of understanding. So you can ask those right questions. Yeah. Yep. So, and there's so many resources now to learn. I mean, there's a lot of free online learning. There's YouTube, there's podcasts, like literally some of your, your most complicated problems. If you just Google it, there's, there's somebody out there talking about it. There's nothing that you're trying to do that somebody hasn't done. I mean, mm -hmm. even though like we're the first, people to build uh like a real handwriting robot there are other like machines out there that kind of do something similar but i mean there's a lot of resources out there on online databases where you can pull information together and as you pull more information together you can draw a better picture which helps you solve that problem so you just got to be really good at researching studying uh and, and digging 
Um, I, I really call myself more of like a creative problem solver and a good project right. manager. I think that's like as a CEO, like you kind of got to be kind of good at a lot of things, but um, I'm just really good at pulling the right people together and asking the right questions and making sure progress is continuing right. to move forward. Um, and hold, I wouldn't say I hold people accountable, but I'm really good at like making sure things are documented, you know, not just saying it, it's documented, it's written down, it's sent, it's in writing. Right. There's a paper trail, like because you have yeah. to, there's, yeah. there's so many things that can derail you and send you down a different rabbit hole that can delay projects and cause problems. Yep. And that's why it's important to not operate in a vacuum, you know, and have those experts that can, you know, be working with you in the planning process, you know, mm -hmm. and things like that. Um, quick question that just came to mind. Um, as far as the handwriting, can you mm -hmm. duplicate the handwriting of the person who's sending it? Oh. Of course. Yeah. I mean, we do that for a lot of our big major clients, uh, like presidents or like CEOs of nonprofits, political figures. Um, and unlike, I mean, this is why we had to build our own handwriting robot. Like these other machines that are out there, they do like fonts. So they're literally yeah. just writing like the same character. Right. They just ran, they just randomize where the character goes. We actually train our handwriting engine on your handwriting and then it uses machine learning to adapt to the way that you write. So it's actually naturally writing how you write. It's it's a really cool system. Um, incredible amount of time, energy and money went into developing it. Like I'm very competitive if you, if you can tell or if you can see from my background, I knew if I was gonna dedicate this much time and effort into this business, we had to create some, we had to create something that was just so infinitely better than the next person behind us. Um, so we can scale this business. And, you know, I have really big aspirations, like high eight figure, low nine figure, like we want to grow and scale like globally. And we're, we're making the, the, um, investments to do that now. So when those times comes, we'll be ready. Excellent. Excellent. So, you know, um, when, when we're talking about, um, you going from football into, you know, uh, this business, what, what, how were you introduced to this new business and, and, and how did yeah. that? That's a great question. So I actually went back and did my MBA in 2017. I was like six years into my corporate career. Um, first year as rookie of the year, basically just did everything that made me successful as an athlete. Just try hard. My work ethic was the hardest working person in the room. In the next five years, I was either like top 1% or top five sales rep in, in the company I was at was not fulfilled. I saw where my journey was going. I didn't want to be away from my kids, be divorced. I, I wanted to be controlling my own time. So I went back and did my MBA. And uh, this is like what I was talking about earlier. I just, I'm always searching, looking, asking, you know, like lifting, no, leaving no stones unturned, trying to, you know, figure out a problem, right? So about a year into my program, I had a marketing professor going over all the success rates in marketing. And, you know, I was sitting there trying to be a sponge. I was, I was, taking yeah. whatever I was learning to try to make me more successful as a, a sales professional. And he said something that was just so like profoundly obvious, but like interesting. And, and it just hit me that handwritten notes have a 99.2% open rate. And, you know, living in the digital world that we live in now, and now more like the AI world, you know, from basically 22 years of going online from like late nineties, early 2020s, and now the AI revolution, like nobody is competing in the mailbox. And I knew if I can get in front of my, my uh, like client 99.2% of the time, that was going to make me be more successful. So I sent, I got like this really, I mean, I started Googling. I saw somebody who's doing this in the wedding industry. 
but they were using 3D printers to write these notes. And I had no idea what I was looking at. I just was watching videos. So I bought one of those 3D printers from China and sent it here. But I was like, man, why are they spending time and effort going after the wedding industry? It's like the worst industry in the world. Like anybody who's been married, they understand like how stressful it is to plan a wedding, how the client list is always changing, how it's hurry up and wait and they're one-time clients and they're not very big. I was like, why isn't anybody doing this for business? Like, like, why aren't we using this as like a, a customer appreciation tool or prospecting yeah. tool? Like they have the budgets in place. They have the systems in place. Like they have the need for it. Right. But um, <laughs> I sent out 500 handwritten notes, really bad ones. It took me about two months with this 3d printer to write them. And the response rate was just amazing. Um, these doctors would call me back. I had like over 20 doctors call me, which if you're in sales and your client's calling you, you're doing something right. Right. And these doctors are like, hey, Rick, like, first off, thanks for sending me this handwritten note. Like, this is cool. Nobody does this anymore. Like, uh, so I'm automatically starting out on the on the right side with them. They respect me. I'm right. being different. I look professional. And out of those 500 handwritten notes, what it, would it cost somebody, you know, a thousand bucks? You know, I got $280,000 in new sales and I had a $50,000 a month quota within six weeks, $20,000 in commission. And I was just like, this is it. I knew it was going to work. I had a hunch. And from that moment on, you know, late 2017, early 2018, I started developing Simply Noted. But <laughs> what I said is like, if I knew how much, what it was going to take to build this, I probably wouldn't have done it because <laughs> there were yeah. five years in. And I just know the next five years are going to be harder than our, our last five. Because yeah. scaling a product, Scaling a product that's done with software and robotics, completely unfunded, is incredibly hard. That's <laughs> incredibly well, it, hard and incredibly expensive. Yeah, for, for, incredibly my expensive. Audience, for my audience, yeah. it's good that they hear this, okay? Yeah. Um, they're either going to get scared to death and say, oh, the hell with this, or they're going to turn around and say, okay, well, if he can make it, then then I could probably I, do it. I've, the only, I'll tell you my big secret and there is no real secrets. It's just a lot of hard work. But I'm telling you what, what makes me super successful is I have an extremely high pain tolerance. And that's <laughs> from my 14, 13 years of football. Yeah. Um, I thoroughly enjoy a really, I mean, solving a really, you know, challenging Big problem. problem. Yeah. Um, yeah. It, and it's not like I get excited. Do I feel terrible sometimes? Yeah. I do is it stressful absolutely like I mean the stress can make you sick like yeah. it's like literally but like I wake up every single morning like 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 I, you can't see it because you're not here but like if you you can feel my energy like I want to solve it I want to wake up and yeah. get after it like the problem is there and I want to fix it like and I think uh, it's an entrepreneur no matter what your what what niche you pick if you have that like creative problem solver you know, interested in solving it, you know, never back down personality, you're going to be successful no matter yeah. what. You just, um, yeah. it's just, yeah. you got to yeah. stop paying attention to these, these social gurus. Like it makes me sick. These people online that paint this picture of how easy it is. Like, yeah. seriously, like, I hope if there's another thing that you can take from this, like, I know these social influencers, like in person, like I work with them and they'll preach one thing on social and I see what they do behind their business. And it, it's the exact opposite. Like, they're literally just telling you a story that sells yeah, like, and it appeals to the biggest audience, but their business, they're doing something completely different or they'll, they'll try to be the leader in their niche and they'll literally lie to their audience 
and like have them do something else so they yeah. can compete and do something differently. So like take every piece of information as like a grain of salt, you know, and don't believe it's true just because someone you think is successful is being successful doing it. Like it makes yeah. me sick. Like these people lie constantly and I see it and like, it's just, it's and they're they're profiting off of it, you know? So anyways, that's, yeah, I'm no, going to my rant. I, yeah. I want to post that all the time on social media, but it's going to look like I'm like hating on people, but it's true. Yeah. People yeah. lie constantly. Well, you know, I wrote a book. Um, it was last year. I think it was dropped February of last year. I wrote a book. It's called Social or Sociopathic. And when you think about it, <laughs> yeah, that's yeah. who we're talking about. We're talking about those, about those individuals. And I did wow. it in the social, social um, platform because that's where, where we moved, you know. Everything is done Zoom and gonna, everything, you know. So you're literally going to steal that from you, social sociopath, because that's what it social is. Social like, sociopath. Look, well, yeah, I call them social is, sociopaths, is what I call is, them. Yeah. I but, love that. You know, the fact of the matter is, <laughs> the fact of the matter is, is we as business owners need to be able to check out these yes. people who are saying, you know, be able to yes. go and and do our research and find out if they're lying or if they're just, you know, tapping their horn or if it's, and, you know, all of this stuff. Or they have a different background as you. Like I, and we have investors come in because like people are peaked. They're like, we peak their interest in what we're doing is different and new. And like these investors, like some people have sold their companies for like 30, 40, $50 million. And then when they sit down with me and they're talking to me and I ask them questions about their business, they have no clue like yeah. what made them successful and then you find out later that they had a parent, you know, that made an introduction that got them in somewhere that helped scale their business. And they, they didn't actually create their business or yeah. some people say, Oh, I just got lucky. Like, okay. <laughs> like, luck is like <laughs> yeah, I mean, luck, you know, you create your luck through hard work, but I'm just saying like, you have to, you have to put on your blinders to these people. Everybody's path is different. You can't compare yourself, which is, which is hard in today's day and age with all these social platforms where people try to make it look like it's easy and they're happy and their life is great, but it's challenging. Yeah. You got to embrace the suck, love the suck. It, it builds character. You grow through what you go through. Um, the journey is worth it. You know, if you can keep digging through it, but I mean, I, I love it, but I mean, I have a lot more gray hair. I don't know if you can see it, yeah. but I don't know if that's from kids or business. I have a three and a five-year-old now, but <laughs> you have a lot more gray hair. You know, it's called stick to itness. you know, is, is basically yeah. what it is. And that's why, you know, you your why is what's going to dictate. You've got two whys in business, okay? You talk about your kids and not wanting to, you know, get a divorce and everything. That's your personal why, okay? Mm -hmm. And that's that's the why that is going to get you through these hurdles. And then you have the business mm -hmm. why, which is what's in it for your customer, you know? What are you doing that is going to make your customer turn your customer around to a raving fan and let mm -hmm. them end up being your sales team on the back end? Yep. You know, when you think about it. So it's, 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 you know, I'm glad to hear you say this and see and, and hear about the struggles that you had and the fact that, look, you sound like me, whereas when there's a challenge, when I have a client that comes to me with a challenge, and um, they have no idea what to do first, what to do next, et cetera, you know, and I sit down with them and we try and come up with a strategy. It's like, you're not going to prove me wrong. Okay. I'm going to mm -hmm. figure this 
and we're going to make it work. You know, it's, yeah. you sound like you're the type thing you, you almost would feel unfinished if you didn't solve that problem. And sometimes yeah, and you're would, not going to be able to solve it, you know? So, yeah. <laughs> but anyway, so, um, so let's talk. Okay. We talked a little bit about how you're going to, um, uh, plan your growth, you know, and, and accommodate the growth that's going to come naturally as far as the way this business is. Do you have any ideas or plans for expanding this business beyond just notes? Um, we do. Um, it's just, that's kind of where, if you look at where like, like all the, um, venture capital is going, they're going to these like like client engagement, like gifting platforms. And we've already been approached by a pretty, pretty, a pretty large fund. I mean, they, I don't think it's the right part the right partnership, but that's what they want to do. They want to take our platform and expand on it. Um, basically like integrate like a, like a Amazon um, drop shipping service and we combine it with a note and we send it out. So it becomes more of like a, like an experience engagement, like gifting platform. But yeah, definitely, I, I see it kind of growing as like a platform with like, you know, a social tool, an email tool, something like that to kind of grow to give people more tools, not just a handwritten note. It's just this is so challenging. Like this is all yeah. we can focus on right now. I mean, it's to get like your handwriting style with your piece of stationery, with your design, you know, on a card from a printer to a robot, you know, quality controlled stuff, sealed, stamped out the door, developing that like that workflow at scale is incredibly challenging profitably, you know, because uh, it is, you know, a lot yeah. of people want it. Yeah. So uh, there is, there is ideas, but I mean, we're years away from it. Um, you so know, we, many things. We do, well, yeah. I would say you're years away from it. I know that there are cards out there now that are actual virtual AI cards, whereas they open them up and there's a, there's a, um, a LED type device or whatever that will actually give you a 3D image. Okay. Yeah, yeah, and that would be cool to introduce so, <laughs> with your cards, you know? Yeah, I mean, I want to give it, I know a lot of our competitors like watch what I do under a microscope, but like we have like an idea of like, you can use our platform and like our robot will write out a note and we'll have a camera writing it. And then like, we can send you like a text of like your handwritten note. But, yeah, there's some like unique ideas, you know, that's because we have people who want to send like a hundred thousand you know, handwritten notes, but it's like the pricing for that is like, you know, it's really expensive. So they're like, hey, what about this? If we can do this and customize that scale. So there's been other conversations to like send a digital handwritten note, but to show it's actually like pen written. So yeah, there's a bunch of ideas, but um but you you're know, getting away from are, your you're getting away from your value that you're you're providing as and far that's as what we are trying to the, the tactical, tangible, physical presence, you know I, it's really hard to explain, but you feel it. You know, we're trying to create a product that people feel and appreciate and gets embedded in their brain. You know, a text message is forgot about. I mean, my home service company just sent me a, a automated text message with a picture. I didn't even look at it. I literally just deleted it, you know? And we're trying to create a product that lives in your house. You know, handwritten notes have a six to eight week shelf life. You know, if the person knows you, they keep them, they appreciate them, stays on their desk, their counter, wherever, their bookshelf. You know, it's a 99% open rate, you know, so we're trying to expand on that. And the opportunity is incredibly high. If we only, if we had like 10,000th of 1% of the first class mail in just the United States, this company would be, you know, 
it'd be a nightmare to manage. <laughs> it'd be a lot of mail. It'd be a lot of mail. I mean, it's like 70 billion pieces of mail first class go through. Yeah, I mean, it's it's a lot. So um, yeah, we're trying to stick to the handwritten notes. Handwritten notes win. Relationships matter. That's what carries businesses for the long haul. Lowers churn rate, increases lifetime value. Um, and that's what we're trying to focus on selling right now. And and these are all mailed through regular mail, you know, and things yep. like that. So you're keeping the post office busy. <laughs> I know. They just laugh. We just go in there and buy these big wheels of stamps. And they're just like, the people in the line too are like, what do you guys do? That's like, you're swiping like a credit card for like $40,000 in stamps. You're like, what do you guys do? So, it's true. It's you know, you don't want to put one of those, those uh, pre-sorted data stamps because that automatically tells somebody in the mail exactly when i get a card um that's addressed hand addressed to me um with a stamp on it i say okay who is this this is one of my friends or it's somebody that you know i know uh and things like that and so yeah mm -hmm. i'm i'm more eager to hold on to it you know those kind of yeah. things so how long have you been in business uh, we started doing this back in um, 13, you said? End of 2017. I didn't leave my full-time job until the end of 2018. So we're just approaching five years full-time. And we're really, we didn't release our new handwriting robot, which is like, which is really going to be what helps us scale um, infinitely more to where we are today. So uh, we're just really starting to hit our, our stride, which is exciting. So um, and all being self-funded, it's really nice not to have to, you know, be pouring all that money into the robots. Now we can put it into, you know, sales team, marketing, marketing stuff like that. Yes. Get, a, get a bigger space. Like yeah. our warehouse is 3000 square feet, but it's like floor to ceiling stacks. I mean, it's, yeah. Yeah. We've yeah. done it as, as efficiently as possible as we could. You know, um, with me, you know, that my, my strategy is, and, you know, falls across five, you know, critical areas or five phases of growth and you've got the see it phase which is you know what you go through when you do the napkin phase and you say okay you know this i think i can make this work and then you have to go out into the market and you have to make sure that people are going to want this okay how did you solve that side what did you so, do in the market research side well the first thing is you should jump on google i mean you don't even have to talk to anybody you can see if there's already a, an audience out there buying this um, that I'll be honest with you, that's been one of the hard things about scaling this is that we service such a wide group of clients. It's really, if you're going to scale a company, you have to niche down to solve a very good, unique problem, right. speak their language and, and create a repeatable sales model. But we work with everybody, which has been really hard. Um, but yeah, I mean, I went online, I looked at who else was doing it, how successful they were being, how big their companies were. You know, I requested information from those companies, did some initial research, but I also, I had a few business mentors um, and I went and talked to them, had breakfast, showed them the product, went through the websites with these guys. Like, what do you think? And what they saw in me, and this may not be the best advice. Number one, they saw how passionate I was about and how excited I was, which a lot of people, when you have that idea, you go through that, what they call the entrepreneurial seizure moment, right? Mm -hmm. Where you're just so excited and you have all this energy and um, you can't just go off of that. Like you, you have to have something behind you if it's research or something special to back that. But these, all, all my mentors are like, Rick, like no matter what you do, you're going to be successful. You have that drive. You have that vision. You see things through. You'll figure it out. You're a problem solver. It's just in your DNA. And I don't know if that was good, 
because like the last five years have been really hard. Maybe they should have said, Hey, why don't you take your skills and do something else? I don't know. But um, yeah, I saw it definitely. You have to seek guidance, you know, from people who built businesses, who've been entrepreneurs, you know, people who've done it and been successful, people who failed. But um, I was so passionate about it. I love this. I mean, I'm excited about it. I, I, I know we're solving a problem for people. Um, we've the, the technology we built is incredibly. I mean, the, the technology we built will outlast me. I know this this machine will be around for a hundred years. I just it's that good. We have six pat- patents on it or pending patents to protect the technology. So, um, yeah, I don't know. I'm just I was so passionate about it. Um, passion is passion is the number one. I'm sorry, passion is the number one key when you go into it business. Is. You know, and it is. But you you do have to back it up with you the do. research you have to do. You know, and, yeah. and you know, surrounding yourself with those and a business coach and you know and all of this other stuff. You know that does go into it. But when you lose that passion, that's when the business dies because it's you that is the business when you think yeah. about it. You know, um, and, and, and that is, that's important. And I'm glad to, to hear you say that. And my audience needs to remember this is that passion is what's going to get you through this process. You know, that passion and, you know, you're going to have naysayers out there. You're going to have people who are going to say, oh, this will never work. You know, people want you to fail. (laughs) I know. I went into Brazil for four and a half years and when I first started going in there and everybody said, oh, it's not never going to work. They don't like women, you know, all this other stuff. You know, I just kind of poo-pooed it off my shoulder, <laughs> went in there. And it turns out that it's not that they don't like women. OK, they respect anybody who can come in with some good ideas and things like mm-hmm. that, you know. And my calendar would be booked solid every time. They wouldn't make the appointments until I hit the ground down there. But then once they made the appointments, my calendar was full, you know, so they do, you know, but you've got to, you've got to believe in what your capabilities are. And one of the things I learned, and I don't know if you've suffered this, uh, Rick or whatever, is we all have what we call limiting beliefs sometime. Mm -hmm. Okay. We all have that. And my whole life growing up, I couldn't understand why. I would be so successful up until right towards the end. And then everything would fall apart until I started talking to a psychiatrist, psychologist and everything and come to find out that the reason I was falling apart at the end is because in my mind, my limiting belief was it was sell, 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 get to the point where I had to prove myself. The minute I crossed over that line, I knew I was going to have to deliver. And that scared the hell out of me. (laughs) So, you know, we all have those limiting beliefs, but if we can get Mm -hmm. to the root of what's causing those, you know, you can get through. And ever since I got through that, I have had no problems, you know, so. I think it's extremely powerful. Yeah. Um, yeah. I think a lot of people struggle with that. Um, I know I have, and um, I still do in some ways. And um, at the end of the day, I mean, our limiting factor is what's between our, our ears. It's your mind, that inner self-talk, that inner mindset. Um, it can be so debilitating, you know, and yes. Um, yes, I just it think, is. I just think that's a powerful, powerful thing. I, I know I've struggled with 
that. And um, there's been a lot of instances in my past where I feel like, you know, I've been successful, you know, I'm not trying to toot my own horn, but I've been successful at everything I've done, but it's always been through hard work. And, but that last, and everybody knows that last, I'll say on a football field, that last 5% or last five yards, getting five it in yards, the zone, getting yeah. it across the finish line. It's really, really hard. And what you just said, um, we tend to make it harder than it really is. And it's really the excitement. Is. It's this, you know, you're scared, right? It's so close. What you've been working for is right there. It's within grasp if you want it. And stop. <laughs> yeah. And then you freak out, you know? And yeah. um and that's exactly yeah. that's exactly it. Well, this has been a pleasure, Rick, talking to you. And um, you know, do you have anything uh extra tips or something like that you want to leave our audience with as far as you know, not necessarily going into the manufacturing business, but things that they should keep in mind, you know. I just, I think literally go at your own pace. Stop trying to compare yourself. You're all on your own journey. You grow through what you go through, challenge yourself every single day um, and just try to enjoy the process. I know I'm preaching the choir. You know, I struggle with that too, but um, it's going to happen. You know, it's going to happen as long as you keep sticking to it. So, um, you know, you can't keep doing the same thing over and over right? That's, that's just, you know, it's yeah. called insanity, right? When you do the insanity. same thing over and over, want a different result, but um, try to solve problems every single day. Be excited about it. Enjoy what you do. I know this is really stressful, but I love what I'm doing. <laughs> I wouldn't want to be doing anything else. And if you feel that same way about your job, yeah, I mean, you're living the dream. You keep yeah. pushing forward. Yeah, that's exactly it. You know, and, the, and every time that you can solve a problem, you know, for somebody else that just kind of lifts you up even more. So, you know, exactly. Um, how can people get a hold of you? Should they want more information from you if they want to sign up? Yeah. With simply notes. What? Yeah. What? So I'm on LinkedIn. Just go to LinkedIn. It's just Rick Elmore, uh, R-I-C-K-E-L-M as in Mary O-R-E, or just go to our, our website. It's simply S as in Sam, I-M as in Mary, P-L-Y noted.com. And we sent a really nice sample kit. I don't know if, uh, it's kind of blurry, but yeah, we'll like we send you a really nice sample yeah. kit here. And it's a bunch of free samples. We get tremendous feedback on it. Uh, the same feedback we always get is like, I can't believe these are actually written with pen. Like lick your thumb and smear the ink. Like there's pen indentations from the pen digging into the paper. And what happens 95% of the time, people call us like, these are awesome. This is what I want to do. Can you do it? And then we help you do it. Yeah. No, that's that's excellent. That's excellent. All right. Well, you know, that concludes our podcast for today. So please leave a link, uh, review on any of the streaming platforms you happen to be listening to us on or go to Charged Up Studio, our Facebook page, and leave a review there. Charged Up Studio is a product of Marketatomy and the Marketatomy Academy, the e-learning system designed specifically for the micro-business owner. For more information and to register for our many courses that we have, go to marketatomy, M-A-R-K-E-T-A-T-O-M-Y dot academy. And until next week, go out and have a charged up week. This is Dana Olivo with Marketatomy Academy and Rick Elmore. Thank you, Rick. You've been listening to Charged Up Studio Live, the podcast with you, the small business owner in mind with your host, Dana Olivo. Join us every Tuesday as we bring you valuable tips and insights into many of the topics you don't know you don't know about growing a successful business. 
Please leave us a review on any of the streaming platforms you are listening to or visit us on the YouTube or Facebook page and leave a review or subscribe so you don't miss another episode. You can also support us through Patreon by visiting our website, chargedupstudio.live and click on the Patreon link. Until next week, go out and have a charged up week. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.